As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. We're really excited to talk to you today about transition. Now, if you know anything about the stages of birth, you've probably heard about transition and you've probably heard things like, oh, it's the toughest. This is when you're going to be asking for an epidural. Um, it's like the hardest part of labor. And I feel like then that that word transition starts to create a lot of fear or dread in women, right? And so we kind of want to talk to you just, we're going to hone in on this part of labor and talk to you about how you can make it so that transition isn't something that you fear or dread and that you can hold it for what it is. And it's a beautiful space and part of your labor. And so let's talk about the mindset approach and the physical hands-on approach you can take to help make this a great part of your birth. In fact, transition can be the most exciting time of birth. I know for a lot of moms, for myself, when I hit that point, I remember thinking this better be transition. (laughs) Yeah. But realizing that I was in that space meant I was really close to having that feeling to push and meet my baby. So it was a positive experience. Definitely. It's kind of all in how you frame it mentally, right? So let's talk about what is it physically? What is it actually mean for you, for your body, what's going on physiologically. Well, during transition, the last part of your cervix is moving up and out of the way and it gathers at the very top of your uterus to get ready to help you push your baby out. Your body is is going to work. Your baby's going to work with it. Your body's working. You've got a lot of help here, but it feels kind of like summiting the mountain, right? The intensity of the sensations you will experience will reach its peak typically during this time, but this does not need to equate in your mind with more pain. Right. So as your body is getting ready to make that final stretch, this is usually where we see moms go from whatever centimeters they were um, when they were last checked to complete or 10 centimeters. It's making that final stretch that can be from four centimeters and it can be from nine centimeters, Mm -hmm. but that final stretch. And what it looks like is your contractions become really close together, right? They're closer to about two minutes apart, whereas before they may have been four or five or six minutes apart. And sometimes we see double peaking, which means your contraction begins, it gets stronger, it peaks, it comes down, but before it completely releases, it heads back up and it does that 
one more time. And that is that final, like your body's pulling and stretching and just getting those last contractions in that's going to get things ready to go before baby's ready to move down. And what happens during that as well is usually baby is finding their way through that vaginal canal. And it means that they are already starting to move down into a lower station and help complete that stretch over the cervix. And and generally they're using their head to do that. So into part of their head. Um, And it might feel like these contractions are one on top of the other with little to no break, especially when you're getting those double peaking ones. But even with a two minute apart contraction, think about that. If your contraction is about what? A minute and a half at this point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're two minutes long, but say that you have that minute and a half contraction, you're only getting about 30 seconds of rest before you hit that next one. So it does feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get a break. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I can't yeah. do this anymore. That's where all that comes from. Yeah. During this same time, your hormones are also surging and there's a lot happening hormonally and we won't get into a ton of that here, but think about all that that the hormones control, right? They're preparing your breasts with colostrum to breastfeed, for example. Um, But as these hormones are surging, you're going to start to feel some of the effects of that as well. You may be hot one minute and freezing cold the next. You could be hiccuping, burping, vomiting. Um, You could get the shakes. I know I did Mm -hmm. during transition. You could just feel completely exhausted. And I feel like it's because of some of these things that we just talked about that transition kind of gets a bad rap, right? (laughs) People are, I can understand why from the outside you might go, oh, that doesn't sound great at all. Like, Of course, people are like, oh, not that, right? But um, knowing, like Stephanie said, that it's it's what you need to pass through to be so close to holding your baby, right? You can you can start to shift to a place of learning to welcome some of those things. Yes. And I mean, the best part about it is we say like, oh, it's probably the most intense, the most serious, the most like needs the most support and everything. Mm-hmm. It's also the shortest. So in relation to the amount of time that you've been doing all your other contractions, it's going to be like a pinpoint. And so that is something to look forward to. For some women, I mean, their transition is one or two contractions long. For other women that maybe have a little bit more to work through, whether that's emotionally or physically, it could be upwards of 45 minutes long. But it really, I mean, you look at it now and you go, oh, 45 minutes, well, Easier said than done when you're not right mm-hmm. in the thick of it, mm-hmm. right? But I, I really don't, you don't often hear about transitions long, lasting longer than 45 minutes to an hour tops. Have you heard of a longer one? I have heard that? of longer ones, but even at that, I think what's happening with mom, like you're really tuned in at that time anyways, mm-hmm. particularly if you're a mother that's going unmedicated, you're very aware of what's happening, but you're not aware of the time. Yeah. Um, do not have a clock anywhere near you. That will nope. drive you crazy. And so when you're in this kind of like dreamland or you're not completely connected to the physical world around you. It's more of like a spiritual internal experience. That time is moving at a different rate, which might feel like it's taking so long and I can't believe this, but really things are moving quicker than you think. Yeah. And I feel like when I have heard about women who have had those longer transitions, um, those are the women who it I often hear it, they did get a little bit more of a break in between contractions. They weren't always right Right. on top of one another. So Stephanie touched on this. Transition is really kind of a very sacred and special time from an emotional and mental and spiritual standpoint because you are at the pinnacle of vulnerability. You are your most open spiritually. And you may be tempted by those anxious and fearful thoughts and, and they're common. So I, I want you to feel validated 
if you've had them or if you do have them, but you may have things come up in your mind like, I can't do this anymore. I need a break. I I need pain medication. I need some, you need something. I need to go to sleep. I need to go to sleep. <laughs> you may cry. I don't want to like make this stop. I'm not getting a break. And so there's those kind of fearful thoughts that you have. And so you kind of have a choice at this point. You can either attempt to kind of clench and hold on um, to this because you're because you're feeling fearful, right? You can attempt to sort of control this situation somehow, um, but holding that tension in your in your mind, in your heart, in your body, it really kind of keeps you in that fear. And you'll hear this a lot. There's that tension, fear, tension, pain cycle. Holding on to fear and tension is actually going to make those contractions um, painful, more intense. It's it's like the opposite of what you want. The other side of that is that you can move into surrender and into a state of love and trust and kind of take a step into that unknown space. I know for myself, I did kind of, I was hoping I was there, but at the beginning I was a little resistant. And as soon as I did walk through that space where I was like, I hope this is it, this better be it. And I got excited about the fact that that could be the case then my body took over and I allowed my body to have that space. So we kind of joke, you know, guess which one works better, right? (laughs) When you get to a place of surrender, and this is a huge like spiritual topic, uh, physical thing. It's a mental space that happens. It, It changes everything. Yeah. All right. So attempts to control lead to tension. They cause more pain. Surrendering is what actually requires, in my opinion, more self-discipline, don't yep. you think? <laughs> because the ability to to let go, to relax in the midst of what how hard your body's working and what it's trying to do, it's the hardest choice. But it's actually the most comfortable choice in all aspects. It's going to lead to greater physical comfort. It's going to lead, you know, choosing to trust versus you know, giving into fear, trust feels more comfortable to your spirit and to your mind. I can, I can promise you that. Even when you're afraid, even when you're not sure of what's ahead of you, that trust is absolutely, once you hit that space, it feels better. Exactly. And so the message behind surrender is that you trust your body you trust your creator or this process, right? You trust the process. You trust the people in your in your birthing space that they're steady, that they're going to catch you, they're going to support you, um, that you aren't afraid that you're ready, right? You're inviting of all that's to come. Yes, that includes all those intense sensations, but it's okay because you're choosing to trust that all of those things are leading you somewhere good. So what things can you say to yourself to encourage surrender when you reach that space? Because truthfully, hopefully, hopefully I should say, your partner should be aware of when you're hitting that stage and they should have kind of their tool bag or toolbox of this is what I need to do to support her. And that includes things to say and ways to help physically and um, all that should happen prior to the actual birth itself. But Yeah. And we'll touch on those in a minute, things that your birth partner and team can do. Yeah. But for, for what you can say to yourself when you hit that space are things like each contraction is an invitation to let go. The more intense this feels, the more I soften and relax. Each wave brings me closer to holding my baby. God brings me good things. This is for me. 
The waves aren't more powerful than me because I am the ocean. There, of course, you can come up with your own phrases and yeah. whatever whatever makes sense to you in that space. Like mine, this better be it. <laughs> that was encouraging to me. My third baby, I had never hit transition on my own before. And so I was like, all these sensations and this is really cool. Like you're, you're doing it. This yeah. better be it. And I'm doing it. I know I can do this. All those things are really positive. Yeah. I, um, I had once like, and it was that same sort of sentiment, right? Like I'm right at the end. I'm about to hold my, my little baby. Um, I remember praying out loud vocally, please ease my burden and make it light. I knew that if I could, um, put on the altar of sacrifice, right? All these things that I was feeling and the fear that I I was tempted to hold on to, that that would be replaced with a feeling of an easing of a, this burden that's on me. And that did come. Now, we just want to mention, what does surrendering not look like, right? <laughs> How do you know that you might need to let go a little bit more? Well, focusing during labor on trying to figure out just how much pain you're in or like gauging the pain is really not allowing your mind to rest and focus on the task at hand. So if you're sitting there evaluating like, oh my gosh, this is this is way more intense than what I was feeling at seven mm-hmm. centimeters, that's, that's not a mind at ease. And that might be a signal to you that you might need to let go. And I think that leads into this next portion really well, because I will tell you with my third birth and I was at home, had I been in the hospital now, mind you, my idea for my birth, my vision for my birth had me being unmedicated and at home in this case. But prior to this, it was unmedicated. I wanted to feel everything. I wanted this experience. That's what I wanted to do. And so I, I know for a fact had I been in a hospital setting and I had hit this space and transition and not just transition for me, honestly, this happened in the pushing stage for me, but had I been around someone who would have offered medication or was in earshot of me requesting medication in the form of an epidural, likely in this case, I would have taken it and it wouldn't have been the end of the world. And I'm sure I would have still been happy with the way things that went. However, Because what I received instead were people surrounding me that said, you're doing great. Keep going. You can, you can do this. That positivity changed everything. And I was able to surrender. You guys have heard me tell the story before, but we had reached a point where I had been pushing a long time. I was very exhausted. I wasn't pushing all the way because it was scary for me. And my husband went up to make the bed sheets so that I could get out of the water and really make it happen. And I did. I I said a prayer and I reached out to my creator and it was those next two pushes. Uh, My husband came back down. He's like, okay, let's go. I'm going to pick you up. I'm like, don't touch me. It's happening. And there was that point of surrender, but it couldn't have happened unless I was surrounded around people who loved me, people that I trusted, a safe environment. But because I was, because all those things existed, I was able to lean into that. And that experience changed the way I felt birth about birth forever forever. That is my most favorite story to tell about it. And I would have missed out on that if I would have said, I can't do this anymore and I'm ready for the epidural. And I don't want that to be discouraging to anybody who chooses to go that route to get the epidural or to make that decision. That's totally fine. And everyone has their own birth story. But for me, if I would have done that for myself, I would have missed out on that experience. And it was my absolute favorite. I think it's interesting because we, you talked about environment, right? Yeah. And, um, 
a hospital environment, and I'm not putting down hospitals. You guys, you've heard me say it, and I'll say it again. I had three really great hospital births. They were wonderful. I had an incredibly supportive labor and delivery nurse every single time. But that's still a foreign environment. That's not a comfortable environment for the majority of people. And so if you're a woman and you're experiencing an unmedicated birth and you're trying your best to surrender, but in the back of your mind, somewhere tucked in there, because yes, you're probably off in labor la-la land. (laughs) But in the back of your mind, you're worried about um, how the people around you are gauging how well they think you're handling it or how loud or quiet you might be, things like that. If those are worries or fears or concerns, because uh, that might be a sign that that you or if you anticipate that those could be fears that you have, you may need to think about how can I change the people that are surrounding me or the environment that I'm choosing to give birth in to not let that be a concern. Because I will tell you that I had those concerns when I was birthing at a hospital because some of the people that I chose to have at my birth, and that was on me, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I knew for the next time that I needed to change that environment a little bit so that I was free to completely let go with without holding on to any fears or trying to perform well or whatever. So um, so what can your birth team and your partner do to support you during transition, during this magical transition? And you know, I think that rather than just leaving it at transition, it's a transition into motherhood. And, and I feel like that's what it's short for, right? right? I mean, it's transition from your body's transitioning. And from a medical standpoint, that's fine. But it's your transition into motherhood. It's a beautiful, sacred time. So first, like Steph said, you need to make sure that the right people are surrounding you. Because everyone that's there, they're either going to bring good feelings, um, they're either going to feed feelings of fear and panic, you know, the wide eyes, even if they're not saying anything, like the looks, the exchanges, <laughs> so right? True. Or the panic, like, do we need to call someone? Should we get right. somebody in here? Um, or they're going to exude love and trust and confidence and support. As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. They can remind you of where you are in the process too. I think hearing from somebody outside of your labor la-la land mind where you might be um, telling you that you're so close. This You're right at the end. You can do this. It changes everything. Absolutely. Yeah. There's the delivery tray. The baby team's coming in. You've got this, right? They can encourage and remind you to surrender. Surrender. Remember, this is going to help you the most with this. Let go. It's okay. We've got you. Um, they can affirm, like, that they're there to catch and support you. You can you can take that step into the unknown. You can do this. Frozen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> into the unknown. <laughs> um, it's true, though. And I, 
I think it's so important that you have somebody there. Like if you're like me and oh my gosh, I love my husband and I do trust him. But if he would have said something like that to me during that, I think I would have lost my mind on him. (laughs) And so like having a doula or some other, for me, like woman that had done it before that says like, you're right there, let go. Then that is more comfortable for me to hear than someone who's never done it before and is guessing at where I'm at in my head. This is the conversation I'm having (laughs) and is telling me to let go. Like, excuse me, don't, you know, don't tell me what to do in this moment. So anyways, you need to know yourself. You need to know your partner. But they, yes, they absolutely can encourage and support. Yeah. We like to, in the portion of the My Essential Birth course where we're training the partners, um, we really tell them this is the time where you bring out the big guns. You're going to implement your very best, most effective comfort measures and techniques. And here's what we they are. And we like to teach those to them, make sure they're super comfortable doing them, that they've practiced them prior to birth. But really, this is the time to bring that stuff out. If you haven't utilized water or heat at this point, that might be a good time to do it. Um, You know, counter pressure techniques, there's all kinds of things that your partner, your doula, your birth team can do to help increase your comfort so that you do feel relaxed to surrender. They can also make sure that you have simple things like ice water um, or a nice cool rag on your forehead or back or chest. Chapstick, that's a big one. I find that chapstick and water during transition are are really big because you're doing a lot of mouth breathing, trying to work through those contractions. And so your mouth gets dry and your lips get dry. So chapstick and water are kind of my big ones. They can also turn on your playlist. Uh, Hopefully this, I mean, I would assume maybe it'd be on before. Hopefully it's been on before, yeah. But if, if it's not and you are either having trouble coping or they can just see the intensity switch and that that might help you, then they can turn on that playlist and you can lean into that. It really does help to have good soothing sounds, to have piano music, to have whatever it is for some women. Maybe that's like more hardcore stuff, right? Or like Mm -hmm. hip hop or whatever that looks like for you that's going to be like, this is my song that I want as like things are getting ready to go and and I can lean on that and like, listen to song. it. Right, like whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, they can also say your affirmations or faith-promoting scriptures to you. And these are things that this is not the first time that you should be hearing them from them. No. This is practiced. This is prepared. This is comfortable. It's that muscle memory. You know that when he says you can do this, lean into it, that you lean into that. You allow your body to relax. You surrender. Um, and then they can pray with and for you. You know, we talk about this all the time. It's a spiritual experience, whatever that looks like for you guys. But prayer can be one of the most incredible things that you can add into your birth space. Yeah. Um, sometimes, too, especially if you've uh, taken a birthing course like ours, some of those medical hypnosis keywords, you know, there should have been some keywords that maybe you and your partner have practiced with that they can utilize now to help remind you and encourage you to, you know, surrender into deeper relaxation and things like that. But all of these things that we've talked about really need to be done by them in an attitude of confidence and trust and not... not, Confidence is big, right? Right. Especially for these first-time dads. Oh, man. Not like in an attitude of, oh, she needs something. You you can do it. Here, let's I'm going to stand over here, but you can do it. Yeah. (laughs) Not, you know, I think there's a difference in feeling of... I'm doing this because I'm panicked and she needs something and I don't know what else to do. And she's got this. I'm here to help. You fake the heck out of it, partners. And Mm -hmm. if you like if you if it's not feeling comfortable for you, because I know a lot of dads, when they see moms, especially the first time in transition, they back away. And like even if it's not physically 
it, they have it happens emotionally. Mom feels that, and yeah. I've been there as a doula many a time to say, "You're doing great." I look right at the dad. Mom's eyes are usually closed during transition, and I look at mom and I just say, "You're doing great," and give the dad a glance, give him a little wink, like nod my head, bring it back in. You're doing great, um, and it it helps to build that confidence because you don't know when when she's uncertain of herself, it is hard to be like, "But I know you can do this." Because yeah. you don't know. You haven't seen it happen before. Yeah, so just trust the process. Yeah. I remember asking Nate sometime after the birth of our first baby, and he had been trained, right, as a really great birth partner. I was like, so when I was in transition, were you at all worried? He was like, he goes, I was like, whoa, you know, like, uh, <laughs> he goes, and I knew what it was because I, I was taught to recognize the physical, the emotional signs of what you were doing. He goes, it, it still sort of not shakes you, but it's still not upsetting. What's the right word? I don't know, but they, there is an uncertainty. It, it's still like, that's the, unsettling. probably the fr- unsettling. Thank yeah. you. He was like, it, it was definitely a little jarring, unsettling to see you like that because I've never seen you like that before. But I knew what to expect. I had confidence in what I needed to do and I knew you could do it. And so even if you're feeling that way, great, right? That's how we want your partner to feel going into it. But if they're not feeling super confident, then like Seth said, fake it till you make it. Yes, you stand strong. You're the rock. Hold that space. You hold that space. Perfect. Perfectly said. And you can pray too or do affirmations for yourself that... I trust her. I am confident in my role. Like, you know, come on, partner, you can do those too. Those work for, <laughs> those work for everybody across the board. Yeah. I always joke, side note here, maybe we should, you know, wrap this back around to the beginning when you're trying to figure out if you're in transition. One of my favorite parts of being a doula is with first time parents watching a dad with a mom going through transition. Because one of the things that you do during transition is like you were saying, like, I'm hot, right? They start getting naked. They do, You just start stripping clothes down, clothes, whipping off. bra, whatever you got on. And dad's like, anybody else watching my wife? Like, just, <laughs> you know, this is OK. Yeah. And I always smile. It's my favorite. But then this is the other part, too, of like you can see them like, oh, crap what's happening right now? And you just give that smile and nod like, no, like it's okay. Like it's part of it. She's doing great. And then they're like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, you can do this, you know, and they kind of lean back in. So I will say it's something that I think when you work through that together with someone, because it's the most vulnerable, uh, fearful, if, if it ends up going that way, I mean, it is scary if you haven't experienced before, it can feel that way a little bit, but definitely the most like vulnerable place that you can be in your birth. And when you walk through that with somebody, your doula, but definitely your partner, it's bonding forever. You'll never forget it. You'll never, you will always remember how you felt in that moment, that support that you received. And it does, it bonds you to your doula as well. I love my doula forever. I don't even, I still don't have contact with her, you know, these years later. Um, but I, I love her. She will always be a special part of that birth space. And so when you, when you do that as a couple, it's very, very special. We had one of the women in our private My Essential Birth group ask a really great question. She was talking about, you know, whenever I seem to tell people that my plan is for an unmedicated birth, um, I get a lot of people telling me stuff like, oh, you'll definitely end up with an epidural or that's only a possibility if you're, you know, they just start spewing out stuff, right? And one of the comments, one of the responses, I, she was like, how do you respond to stuff like that? Because I really want to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with 
um, you know, people that are positive and affirmations. And it's kind of hard sometimes to tear that down. And a lot of women weighed in and I was so grateful for everything they had to say, but it's it's our blanket, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure. Okay, Karen. One of the comments I thought was so cute and I don't have her I didn't get her permission to share it, so I'm not going to include her name. She goes, I giggle and ask them how they think the world has been populated for the entire history of it, right? (laughs) Like, that's a comfort for a lot of women to know that through the history of the world, this is what women have done. And they've done such an incredible job in doing it. And you can too. And so when you reach this stage of your birth, I hope that whatever you've latched on today, maybe it was an affirmation we said, maybe it was the concept of um, surrendering and trust. Maybe it's the idea that generations of women have done what you are doing Whatever it is, I hope that all of that lends to the trust and the faith that will allow you to surrender completely when you reach this part of transition into motherhood during your labor. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.